0: This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Did the 1980s have the best singers turned actors, or did it just confirm they were better at singing?
1: Once again, it's time for the 80s. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of music aficionados. My name is Will, and joining me as always is my friend and my co host, Ray. All right.
1: How are we doing today?
0: We're so fantastic because, you know, even though you're still in your bunker over there, you sound like you're here.
1: It's I such feel a like I'm. Yeah, I feel like I'm there now.
0: Yeah, that's weird, but it's wonderful. Thanks to Ray's incredible patience and some helpful hints from some folks on Facebook, uh, one of the groups we belong to helped us figure out why we were having such unusual audio issues when we
1: hadn't had them yet. It's it's not my patience, pal. It's, It's all you. Oh, well...
0: You, for a person who, you know, when we first started this, you know, uh, described themselves as not knowing very little or knowing very little about technology, wanting to record the show on a VHS tape, et cetera,
1: and so on. You've come quite a uh, distance, so it's appreciated. I've always said it's better to be lucky than good, so. Oh, okay. Rolling right along with that theory. Well, <laughs> I think, hmm. So if you, well, if you're suggesting you're lucky, then,
0: then great. I'll take it. You've got lots of good luck. Um. Yep. So, today on the show,
1: what are we going to be talking about? You're going to have to tell me. Well, uh, on the other episode, we talked about actors who decided to sing, right? Right. TV, 1980s TV and, actors who try and, singing. Yes. And then you played me a bunch of songs, and I looked like a buffoon because I didn't really get them right. So, a, a bunch of fair songs. Easy. Yes, look, yes. Easy songs. So, yeah. So, I went and did some <laughs> research on uh, musicians who decided to become actors. Okay. And I'm going to quiz you ah, on those today. I see. This sounds a little bit like revenge, like you've been plotting
0: them for my demise here. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I'm, a, I'm fair and just. You're so funny. You say those words <laughs> and people can't see your face, so I know otherwise. Okay. Yeah. So, so before we do that, let's get caught up on 80s news.) So today on 80s news, uh, you know, a question that was asked many decades ago in our favorite decade, the 1980s, is now a legitimate question because uh, what, that age-old question of "Where's the beef?" once asked on a Wendy's commercial, famously, has now come true somewhat. Uh, the The restaurant chain, which, as you know, is based out of Ohio, is actually have a has a hamburger shortage in almost one in five of its U.S. restaurants according to one outside estimate. Of course, this is because of the you know pandemic has forced lockdowns in a number of different industries, and also there's been illness in a number of different industries, including the meat processing and packing industry, because of how sort of close together folks are, which has created a challenge. Uh, and a Wendy said in a statement, it's widely known that beef suppliers across North America are currently facing production challenges. Uh, we continue to supply hamburgers to all of our restaurants with deliveries three or three times a week which is consistent with normal delivery schedules. However, some of our menu items may be temporarily limited. So we don't know specifically what restaurants uh, are, are affected, but um, if you go to a Wendy's, you may actually legitimately now ask,
1: where's the beef? <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. But um, does this make Burger King look like geniuses for the Impossible Whopper? Oh, Okay, which is a uh, veggie burger. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know that they were anticipating a pandemic, but... Yeah, I suppose. Sure. So whoever came up with that idea should be getting a gigantic raise <sighs> right. right now. Yeah, and you know, I I
0: don't I don't um I I I hunted down that impossible burger because I wanted to try it because I was watching a video by a YouTube uh, or YouTuber who's a fat former NASA uh scientist turned YouTuber, Mark Rober, who does amazing videos, so informative and entertaining. He did one on uh, veggie burgers, including the Impossible Burger, and I had to try it. And it wasn't too bad. It was a little overdone at our local Burger King. But yeah, that's not a bad replacement in this time if you can't get your hands on beef. Okay, so in other 80s news, this comes from melmagazine.com. Mel Magazine uh, says that they mapped out the impossible timeline of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They suggest that uh, there's absolutely no way that Ferris, Sloan, and Cameron make it home by 6 o'clock.
1: You know, this is one of those things that, uh, I don't know, did we really pay attention to it as kids? Well, once again, suspension of disbelief is important when you're watching an 80s movie. Yeah. So, I mean, the baseball game alone would be three hours, (laughs) obviously. Yes. But, in fairness, we didn't see them stay for the whole game.
0: Right. They that, could
1: have only been there for 15 minutes that we saw, mm-hmm. and then they left. They could have only been at the museum for 10 minutes. Yep.
0: And this this breakdown on MelMagazine.com, they go hour by hour and plot out what he was doing, how long it would have taken, including cab rides, the measuring the distances between the locations that they were at. Uh, their timeline starts at uh, around 7 a.m. because that's when Ferris' parents uh, decide to let him stay home and they leave for work and they say they won't be home, or his dad says he'll be home at uh, 6 uh, sharp. So we know that he's got about 11 hours to get everything done he, in his day off. Uh, regarding the baseball game, and they actually do touch base on that here, uh, no pun intended, they suggest that um, the baseball game would have started, well, they say from one thirty to 4 o'clock. No, here we go. Oh, so from one fifteen to one thirty, they figure they hopped a cab to Wrigley Field. This is from after they had their lunch where the, uh, where Abe Froman got them uh, mm-hmm. into the restaurant um, to watch the the Cubs play. They say thanks to the internet, we know the Cubs game started at one twenty. That was more or less the first pitch of every Cubs game back at that time. Right, right. Um, so they don't think that th- th- these three would have missed the opening pitch. And then after that, though, things get tricky. And this in, in this uh, article here, they say assume that they would stay for the whole. They would only stay for about an hour, uh, especially since the game is tied nothing nothing but we know they stay uh, uh, at the game for a while because when we see him catch the foul ball, the announcer, the announcer notes the game is past the fifth inning. Hmm. So you're right. They probably, it seems like they would have stayed at least, what? I don't know how long that would have been. Hour and a half or so. Uh,
1: fifth inning, yeah, that's at least an hour
0: and a half. And Easy. Uh, uh, Larry Granillo of Baseball Prospectus hypothesized that the catch actually happens in the 11th inning based on the stats for the rest of the game. So when they, after they're done plotting out the entire timeline, they get uh, Ferris home, um, they say that between 6 and 6.15, that's when they head back to Cameron's house when he destroys the uh, Ferrari. So Ferris doesn't actually get back home, according to them, till at least 6.30, but possibly uh, later than that. Well, perhaps his dad got home late. Mm, I don't know. His dad seemed like, oh, you know, well, one of the details that they point out, if you remember it, I didn't remember this till I read it, was that in the movie... When Ferris gets Sloan home, he checks her watch, and it says 555. Hmm. So that's when he starts, uh, I think, running home, hopping fences and all that. We've got some really great 80s music playing in the background.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So this article concludes saying that I posit that this concludes once and for all that Ferris Bueller is magic. Yes, or a time traveler. Yeah. Either way, great 80s uh, material. Yeah, I'm going to allow it. I don't care what they say. This is a little like, I remember, you know, people saying... um, Stuff like, uh, I think it was seeing Superman or one of these superhero movies, you know, in the 80s where someone said, oh, look, notice how someone got a parking spot right in front of the building. That would never happen in New York City. But just because they're the main characters, that's it. What? You're going to focus on that and not the fact that a guy can fly?
1: Also, Ferris is talking to the camera. He's breaking the fourth wall Ah, in this movie. There you go. So we're going to worry about the timeline. So clearly he's magic then. Yeah, I mean, he's literally talking to us. He knows he's in a movie, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, in another 80s news, and this comes via The Ellen Show, Bill Murray, quote, greatly missed Rick Moranis and Harold Ramis on the set of Ghostbusters Afterlife. So here we have it. I was holding out hope, and unless this is some great fake-out, Rick Moranis, who, you know, played Louis Tully in Ghostbusters 1 and 2... Does not does not appear in the
1: Ghostbuster sequel that is set to come out sometime this year. I think this is Bill pulling a fast one. Mm. Bill's known for showing up late on sets, mm-hmm. I, and he's a he's a character. So I I think this is his uh, April Fool's joke um, on us. I I do. That would be so great,
0: but not about Harold Ramis, though, right? That that would be like an Andy Kaufman esque uh, type joke.
1: Yeah, well. He's definitely knowing dead. all, knowing all their sense of humor,s I think that's just a part of the joke. So, <laughs> I still think Rick's going to be in this movie. Oh, I really please. do.
0: It'd oh, be so amazing. Uh, on the Ellen De- DeGeneres show, Bill said, uh, "quote They're greatly missed for so many reasons. They were so much a part of the creation of it and the fun of it." End quote. Um, this movie now, as we know, was scheduled to release on July 10th, but as we've said on a on a prior episode, it's been postponed to March
1: 5th, 2021. Ah. That's ri- that's ridiculous. The theaters are opening. Release this thing. Wait, theaters are opening. Well, they they'll probably open before March of 2021. I hope they're coming. This they're
0: coming soon. Yeah, we're gonna. Have, like, I think we talked about it. we're gonna have to be like six six chairs apart, or you
1: know, several Even popcorns still, between us. Everything's opening up soon, so yep. give me my Ghostbusters. Come on, <laughs> <laughs>
0: give this man something, please. Jesus.
1: Send it to the drive in so I can sit in my car and watch it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did see some news stories about folks doing that. Yeah, yeah, the drive ins are open, so yeah, let me go there. Let me do if I have to go watch it. You know what? I'll take the drive in. I love the drive in,
0: yeah. And uh yeah, we're fortunate enough in Ohio here to have a just a, have a few within just got,
1: a yeah, a few we miles. got a
0: handful left. Yeah, one of the few areas, I think. Okay, hey, that was 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. All right, so hey, on today's show, Ray is going to be I guess, should I say quizzing me or challenging me? Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, here here's the game, yeah, all you right? You take over. I'm going to uh I'm going to read you things which I can read, so that's pretty good. Check and when you know the answer, yep. you give it to me, okay, <laughs> so I can do that yeah the first one i'm gonna i'm gonna do an easy, peasy one to start this off so you can figure out how this works, okay, all right, and so broadly, this is is this tied to the eighties eighties actors, or uh, these are all eighties musicians, okay who got movie roles in the eighties, okay, cool, very good, okay, so I'm gonna read you things. Okay. And as soon as you know who it is, oh, you gonna be answer fast? the to be
0: fast about it? Is that part of it?
1: Well, you don't want to get all the way to the end of the oh, information. You're you're All right. So you're just going to keep giving me clue after clue, and I got to yes. try to get to it before. Yes. I, all right. Got you. Okay. So here's the practice one, because this one's a, a <laughs> giveaway. All okay. right. Yep. 1984. Okay. Best year for movies. The character is named The Kid. Oh boy. You know I. Boy. Yeah. The movie description. Mm-hmm. Yep. A troubled kid finds a safe place in music. Hmm. Really? The movie. Uh-huh. Purple Rain. Dang it. Come on. What are you doing? All right. So Prince.
0: Yeah. It's Prince. Yeah. That stinks, man. Uh, hmm. All right. This hey. Is, I, hey. See, I, see, this I knew is this how was going to go. I knew <laughs> this was just set up. <laughs> and for anybody listening saying, <laughs> well, you should have come <laughs> on. It's <laughs> Prince. Everybody. Come on. It was Prince. never... I'm a fan of Prince. Love yeah. Prince. I, oh, I was know you're not are. a fan of the
1: movie Purple Rain. And I read it in a direction that it, that that'd uh, be confusing. That would be confusing. Uh by the way, that movie had a budget of 7 million dollars. Yeah. Oh boy. Box office 70 million. Huh. Well, I I guess that's a, that's a good return. That's a good return on your profit. Yeah. Or your your money investment there. Yeah, um,
0: I don't know that it was worth 7 million to make. I, I know there's huge fans of that movie,
1: but the uh the best part about that question is that's the easiest one. I think that
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> that's the only musician I've probably ever heard of. The uh, you know one thing I, I do like about uh, the movie Purple Rain though is he's essentially mm-hmm. driving what looks like the Batgirl
1: motorcycle from the 66 mm-hmm. Batman show. Oh yeah. And he's got some sweet outfits in that, that. movie oh, too. Oh yeah. And his hair is on point. mm mm-hmm. Mhm in that movie. Oh yeah. So, I, I love his music. Um I don't know if I've ever actually watched that whole movie all the way through. I, I don't but, know that I have either. I don't think so. But um you know this one actually might be easier. Okay. This one for you I think is easier. Crush groove, run DMC. Uh, again, no, it's a person. Oh. Nineteen
0: eighty
1: four. Hip hmm. hop MC is yep. the character. Okay. The movie stars Michael Chambers as Turbo. Ah, okay, of course. All right, so uh, talking about Breaking, and mm-hmm. we're talking about... Um, uh, the character is Hip Hop MC. Oh, Hip Hop MC. That's Ice-T? It's Ice-T, yes. yes. All right. Who is from Newark, New Jersey? Is that right? Yes, sir. Wow, that West Coast rapper's from the East Coast? Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Um. He also appeared in Breakin' 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with New Jack New Jack City, Ricochet, Surviving the Game, Johnny Mnemonic. And he started the band Body Count.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he also was on uh Law and Order SVU. Yeah, you're right. So he uh this was this but this is his breakout role, the <laughs> hip hop MC <laughs> in breaking. <laughs>
0: He doesn't even have a name, Hip <laughs> Hop MC. I think for some reason, and uh, you know, I don't remember Electric Boogaloo t- as well as I do the first one. I feel like he plays a different character in, in Electric Boogaloo, Breaking 2. Uh, I, th-
1: I do think he gets a little bigger role in that one. I think he's like a but bad still, guy or something. Yeah, but he's still the same character, so it's kind of cool. Did he get a name, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't research it yes. enough to find out okay. because that's his first movie role. Yes. So most of these are going to be their first starring role. Okay. All right. Very good. Except for that one, he wasn't a star. Yeah, I gotcha. So I will give if if it's different than that, I'll let you know, okay? Okay. Okay, we're going back to nineteen eighty for the next one. Oh. All right. The famous actors in this movie are Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dabney Coleman. Dolly Parton. It's Dolly Parton. Yes. It's nine to five. Oh, I love that movie. And uh, yes, the boss makes sexist comments and harasses workers, so they mm-hmm. kidnap him. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, the, the budget on this thing was ten million. Wow. The box office: a hundred and three million on this movie. That's amazing. Is that not crazy? You know, we're talking to
0: uh, Hadley Freeman on uh, next week's episode, and uh, in, in reading Hadley's book, she provides a lot of information about the movie business in the eighties as compared to today and decades after. And explains how in the eighties you could they would give these movies like that that were quirky like that like purple well, Purple Rain was probably a no brainer. Mm-hmm. They would take a chance on these sort of quirky movies with small budgets in a way that
1: they will they do not do that anymore. And it's sad. no, they don't. And they would turn these things into gigantic blockbusters. Yeah, it's a like a ten. What I don't know. I can't do the math. Thousand percent return. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but that's a big return. Yeah. But um, for Dolly Parton, this was her first major starring role. Is that right? And then she goes on to do Best Little Horror House in Texas. Love that movie, too. Rhinestone. <laughs> that was a movie. With, with Sylvester Stallone. It Come was on. A, that was a movie they had out. You can't say that movie wasn't interesting, though, because of the two characters. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're laughing at it because it's so silly.
0: You know, I don't remember it well. Uh, I put it in the category of
1: Purple Rain. Okay, and then Still Magnolia she was in. That's a good movie. I no, I don't remember her in that, but I, that's a good movie. It's a good play. Yeah, she, she, she's. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, she did good on the movies considering she's a country singer, right? Yeah, and she's great. She was so charming and perfect in uh, 9 to 5 and Best Little Whorehouse. Uh, yeah, 9 to 5, she plays Dora Lee Rhodes. Mm. And uh, that movie is a one, top of the list, good stuff right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's
1: somewhat bonkers,
0: but uh, yeah, I love daddy yeah. Coleman. We talked about that before, and all the all the women in that are fantastic.
1: Yeah, everybody in that movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're getting into the trickier ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've... you got your thinking cap on. Uh, at this hour, uh, I have no. zero confidence, zero in percent confidence in you, D, that you will get this one. I dare you were setting me up? This one's a setup right okay. here. This mm-hmm. is a complete this right. is a complete set. All right,
0: I'm going to try to just you now I'm gonna just this is like poker. I'm just going to play the what play you. All right. All right, okay. you ready? Watching you and see him taking looking at This your, is this
1: is another 1984 movie. All right. I've never heard of it. No, no. It stars Tom Selleck. Mm. Kirstie Alley. Cynthia Rhodes. Okay, I'm going to give you. It's directed by Michael chiton mm. the uh, The character's name, played by the musician, is Doctor Charles Luther. Hmm. He is a scientist who hopes to profit from his malevolent manipulation of robots. Oh
0: yes. Okay. Um. Uh uh this is uh,
1: uh Gene Simmons
0: yes yeah, yeah I can't remember the name of the you movie got but. it
1: the movie is called runaway oh all right oh yeah here now here's the funny part budget eight million yeah box office 6.7 million <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> a complete opposite <laughs> it of is, the last
1: two. It is a complete opposite. <laughs> and that's why today they don't do that anymore. But as you know, I love Gene Simmons and Kiss, so I had to put this yep. one in there. And he was in a but bunch of movies, right? He went on to, in the 80s. He did Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. He played the DJ in that one. And uh, he was in another movie called Never Too Young to Die. Mm. But he got his... Uh, his fix for movies back in 78 with phantom kiss meets the phantom of the park oh yeah right oh yes so i'm assuming that's what made him think he could do this mm. uh, an interesting side note yep. um, when he dated Cher, that's an interesting side note right there he uh wow, well, it gets better mm. he uh asked her uh he was gonna buy her a gift for some holiday and she said well ask my friend uh diana yeah. who is diana ross oh And you know what they did?
0: I can't imagine.
1: Gene ended up hooking up with Diana Ross. No! To this day, Diana Ross and Cher are no longer friends Uh, because of what Gene Simmons did. (laughs) Just because he wanted to know what to buy her for Christmas or whatever holiday it was. I wonder what the answer was. Um, Apparently, it was give her her keys back, I guess, to the house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is another one that I think you will not get. Okay. This is this is a fantastic movie, by the way. Mm. All right, already—that's a clue already, based on your taste. Okay. Yes. Nineteen eighty-three. All right. The character's name is Razzle. Mm. The movie uh. description is suburban punks who run yep. away from home. Oh. Uh. Shoot. I will. Oh. 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 I will now 83? give. Eighty-three. Oh, oh. Oh. Yep. It's,
0: um. No, that wasn't eighty-three.
1: I'm going to give you the movie title. It's Suburbia.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I know this. Oh, I, I think
1: you do know this. Uh, he's also. I know, I know
0: this. I know. I know this.
1: This guy uh, is also in one of my favorite movies.
0: Yeah, this is. Um, I know. It's. Oh, it's the guy from Fear.
1: It's not the guy from Fear.
0: Oh, oh, oh
1: okay. Um, shoot, I don't but know. But he's he's also yep. in Dudes.
0: Oh, okay. It's a flea. Flea.
1: It's flea. Oh, yes. that was my other guest. Dang it! It is flea. Yes. Who um, was billed on this movie as Mike V. The flea? Oh. Which I don't know if you realize this or not. He was in the outsiders. No, I don't know that. He was a, I would imagine he would have been too young. He was uncredited in the role and was only listed as Soch number three. Well, that's even crazier, right? That he would have been a Soch. Yeah, isn't that silly? Flea. Mm. But as as you already know, he was needles in Back to the Future. Sure which Seems more like a greaser and uh, yes, Flea is the bass player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers right. who dabbled with acting quite a bit. And in my opinion, I think he's a fantastic actor who should have done many, many more movies. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, and well, you can see him, he got better as it went as he, well, you know, as he went along. Yeah, I mean, he got better at it, so I don't know why he hasn't done more acting. Yeah, and actually, dudes. Dudes comes after Back to the Future, right? Because Dudes was like eighty seven, I think. Or... Yeah, yeah. Dudes is much later in the 80s. and he was good, good in that. Soon. You know, he had that scene where he gets killed, and yeah, that was really good. No, he, yeah, he's fantastic. That that's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, everyone should go see that movie because it's he plays Milo in that movie. Yeah, he's good. Everybody's good in that too. And our friend CMS is in that. Now here's here's one that's impossible to get. <laughs> so if I were to have asked you this, would you get it? You would get it. No, there's no oh. way in hell I would have known this. All right, now this I'm going to get this one then. There is absolutely zero chance that I would have guessed this even after I read the entire clue to you, <laughs> because this one surprised me, okay? Okay. 1985. All right. The movie title is A Certain Sacrifice. Eh, you lost me already. Okay. The character's name is Bruna. Hmm. The movie is about a Lower East Side resident who lives with three love slaves <laughs> And later in the film, those three love slaves commit a satanic sacrifice. Uh, that sounds like a satanic panic film. The musician's parts were done in 1980, despite the fact the movie being released in 1985. She is one of the biggest artists of the 1980s. Wow. And you see her boobies in this movie. Hmm. Okay. Uh, hmm.
0: Biggest artist... She did it, so she did her part in the 80s. You're saying, even 1980, though, even though the film. Didn't come out. So she had to be already. Was she huge in the in 80, or was she only huge after the, towards the end time the movie came out?
1: No, she she actually became big before this movie came out. But mm. the this is a low budget movie. Right, so. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say Madonna. That
0: is correct. Yes, because she would show her boobs. <laughs> she yeah. showed everyone seen her boobs. <laughs>
1: Everybody's seen her boobs. <laughs> But she would go on to be in Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. And who's that girl? Yep. But more importantly, have you ever heard, uh, because she's in Vision Vision Quest briefly. Right. I do remember that. And this is when we first start to realize that Madonna might be crazy. (laughs) Because when she's asked about her role in Vision Quest, which, if you remember correctly, her role in Vision Quest is her in the background singing her song- uh, crazy for you crazy for you yeah right and someone asked her about it and she described it as her acting as if she was someone else <laughs> and the role was very complicated huh even though she was playing herself essentially even though she <laughs> was playing herself singing her own oh, song, sing her own song on stage for like whatever it was 12 seconds wow. so. that's getting into character she, uh, she was all in on the acting even then. So. I got, I got to
0: tell you, I love Madonna's music. I don't think she's a strong singer, but I do like her music. I never liked her acting. I don't, uh, I think, um, was it, who's that girl? I think was fun. I like Griffin Dunn, you know, for, who was also an American werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Um, Vita, I, I, the
1: musical Vita is fine, but. I just don't think she's fantastic. Dick Tracy. I, oh, come on. No. I kind of like, yeah, I was going to say, I like her in Dick Tracy, and I like her in Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. I don't remember her talking much in Desperately Seeking Susan. I, I just like the vibe of that movie. I yeah. I just. I could get that. I, I thought yeah. it was a fun movie. Sure. So, you know, she didn't have to do a lot to make it good. Yeah. You just got to stand there. I mean.
0: And she was like the main character, but I don't think she did a lot of acting. But yeah, that, no, I like that film good enough.
1: All right. You ready? Yes. Another, I'm going to hit you with another 1980. Mm. That's a, okay. It's one of my weakest years, I think. I'm going, yeah, I'm going straight to the movie title because you're never going to get this
0: one. (laughs) Now, I want to point out, I don't have people helping me on Facebook Live. (laughs) Now,
1: I realize you scheduled this for a day. We're not doing a Facebook Live. All right. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I did it on purpose Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's how I am. I'm just like, I'm going to get him back and be fair about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get him back in a fair way. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so 1980, the movie is called Union City. Hmm, I grew up near Union City, huh? Okay. A man attacks a guy over some milk. He thinks he kills the guy, and then he eventually kills himself. Wow. That, that's a Tuesday on, in Union City, by the way. <laughs> I figured. Um, the character's name is Lillian, and mm. she is the crazy guy's wife in this movie. Hmm. And I'm going to give you some movies she also starred in. Okay. Videodrome.
0: Uh, 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 Deborah Harry
1: It's Deborah Harry Oh, yes. I was going to guess her anyway But I don't yeah. remember that movie but hmm. oh, God damn nobody remembers the movie <laughs> I've never seen this movie But uh, yeah. yeah Debbie Harry was also in Satisfaction and Hairspray mm. And she is a member of Blondie Oh yeah Which had some gigantic hits in the 80s
0: Yes And also caused quite a stir When we tried to decide whether they were a punk band Several episodes
1: ago did we? Well, because I think I pretty much settled <laughs> their not- <laughs> <way. laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, I think that was settled already. You're right.
0: I asked the question and you answered it. <laughs> yeah, How was that
1: yeah. all right? This is the last one because I only did eight. Okay, because every other musician in the eight, uh, yeah in the 80s had enough common sense not to try to be an actor. <laughs> so there was yeah. only eight. Actually, there's more, but some of them were really good, so I didn't bother with them. So okay. 1983. Hmm. The star of the movie is Jennifer Beals. All right. Flashdance. Obviously, Flashdance. Yeah. The hmm. character is Johnny C. Johnny C. He owns he is the owner of a strip club oh. who wants Alex to dance at his club Zenzibar.
0: Yes, yes. Okay. Oh man. I should know this for sure.
1: I have I don't think you actually no should know this
0: well you know when we were talking to michael chambers uh a few weeks ago about uh and i was t- we were talking about uh, breaking in movies mm-hmm. i was reading about Flashdance because of all the you know important scenes in, in Flashdance where we first saw breaking and i remember reading about more of the more of the, i got i went down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and i feel like i read that but I, I cannot for the life of me think of who
1: it was um any clues about the music or i'm gonna give you another clue okay he played Mr. Body in oh. Clue. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. See, th- th- look, I've told you many times,
0: I am not good at trivia, and it's not because I don't <laughs> know stuff. It's because I can't remember it when I need to. Right. Um. Shoot. I, I-, I know these things. As soon as you say it, I'm going to say I know it, because I do All know right. it. All right. This don't... one should give it away. Yeah. He played Missoula in Dudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's. Uh... I can never remember the guy's name. The guy from Fear. Yep. Um I should have shouted it out like you did John Johnson, by
1: <laughs> the way. If I would have, if I could remember his name. You knew I should have just you said it. <laughs> you knew without a doubt that I yeah, was going to do a Lee Ving, uh, movie. yes. Yes, very good. Yes. Who is the lead singer of the band Fear? Right. Who appeared in multiple movies in the eighties, um, Clue being among them, dudes. And obviously Flashdance, but he also was on many TV shows in the 80s. Right. As if anybody looked at the post recently, one of the things I posted on Facebook had a picture of him. Right. On one of the little squares. Yeah, there was a ton of Easter eggs. Um, mm-hmm. That it, one had a ton of Easter eggs.
0: Every TV show you posted, I don't remember what the post was about, but it was about the main characters of the yep. main shows, and they all had... Had featured well except for one i guess we he wasn't anybody we knew from anything else had featured famous
1: actors from other yeah. things like Lee Ving, and there wasn't many people that picked up on that yeah somebody did somebody got them all it's probably yeah. henderson but henderson <laughs> <sighs> henderson yes i love it's it. like we're getting to the point where he's like con <laughs> i think that um
0: Lee Ving, and he just looks
1: the parts he plays he's got that oh luxury. dude he's probably a I, sweet dude but <laughs> no <laughs> no he is not i saw them live man oh Fair yeah is amazing live mm. but he is intense yeah. that is an intense dude i think like we a... should talk to him okay oh, hey, yeah put him on the list Absol- put him on the list of people we want to talk to I'll write him right now intense. yeah I guess he can't hurt us over the over Zoom. Uh, He might be able to. He might hurt your feelings. (laughs) It broke my heart. So you did much better than I thought you would do. Yeah, I'm not sure how that was, except
0: uh, like you, like you did with the other game. And maybe you know, I had the benefit of you doing the other game with me. Now I just had to think of like a bunch of act musicians turned actors in the '80s and just see where they fit.
1: Well, see, had I paid better attention, I'd have been better prepared.
0: Yes. Well, you said that. Yes. I've never... Se- you made the claim you're fair at the beginning of the show. I, I haven't did. said that about myself. And I won't. No.
1: Because I'm not a liar. No, you're like Skeletor. <laughs> There's two things I am. Honest and not fair. I don't know if those are good things. No, they're not. They're irredeemable. Huh.
0: So... You know, it's, it's a little odd, I think, for me to switch this up and say, since you led this episode, that ask whether we proven anything. Because I'm not usually able to make those
1: determinations, and I need your help, but you also had so much to do. As usual, after looking at this, yeah. I think we have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt oh, yeah. that musicians should stick to being musicians. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine to go try something and dabble. But never ever describe yourself as an actor when you're a talented musician. Yes, you're never going to hear "Flea" when someone comes up to in <laughs> an a restaurant and goes, "Do I? What do I recognize you from?" Mm. Oh yeah, I was in Back to the Future. <laughs> Wouldn't you love if he did that to people? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I I would think that would be the greatest day ever if I could if he actually did that. All right. So hey, that was fun. Thank you so much for making me look better than I
0: thought I would look. I didn't do anything. You figured it out all on Uh, your own. Give me some help. All right. So, hey, uh, we will talk to you next time on The Idiots.
1: See ya.